Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You should listen more than you talk, especially at the beginning. What is the problem? Do they have it? Maybe there is a problem you don't solve. So you have to listen and ask questions. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I am Mike Veldhuis, business owner of the Dutch IT company Nalta and podcaster from the Netherlands. I just love the Women in Tech podcast by the talented Esprit Devora. It's made with passion and creativity. It gives insight into the world of inspirational women from all around the globe. But most of all, it's fun to listen to. Esprit Devora truly is the girl who gets it done. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. Hey again. I hope you're 2020 has been as you'd like it to be. I um, have been so grateful for all your positive messages. I really, really, like it drives me to receive them. It, it makes me just keep on going. So definitely, 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 if you have the space, energy, interest, definitely feel free to reach out to me at Esprit Devora on all social. It means so much to me to hear how the podcast has impacted your life and just everything. I can't believe it. Like the stories that you guys send me that I receive, I'm just like, I respond to all of them. They're just so cool that the, we're making this magic together, you know? Um, been podcasting a lot lately. Not that I haven't been podcasting before, but I'm talking about I've been producing other people's podcasts and I've been podcasting and then making podcast stuff and then being interviewed on podcasts and then asking to produce other people's podcasts. A lot of podcasting left and right. Um, makes me think about the structure of my company. One of our beautiful, beautiful listeners asked, you know, you don't talk about the specifics of your company that much. I think most of us don't really know like what it is exactly that you do. We just know that you're an entrepreneur and you work in media. And I thought that was funny. I think I purposely don't really talk about the specifics of my company because I don't want you to think 
self-limiting beliefs. It's like I'm trying to protect you. And just because like something works or doesn't work for what I'm doing doesn't necessarily mean it will work or not work for what you're doing. So I just try to keep it to the fundamental challenges and hero days that I have. Sorry for the wind. Who knew it was windy in Los Angeles, eh? But a bit about my company. It's broken up into two pieces, podcast production and um, event production. It's very difficult to manage the, the two. I work with a small team that I am so grateful to work with. I do want to keep my company small. I'd feel most proud of myself if we could continue to be self-sustaining and not rely on investors. Very Sarah Blakely Spank style. Um, she never had any investors and she has brought her company to billions, which is crazy. Um, also Jason Freed, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. He was my first hero where I was like, you don't need to be a startup that raises money in order to be awesome. I was like, oh, because you know, usually we're pitched something else. So it's broken up into these two pieces and I, I guess I'm the creative, I'm the obviously on-air talent, I'm the event producer, I'm the person that shows up at the event, the hiring person, I like, I do so many things, it's crazy. My background, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about that, is journalism. I um, studied journalism my whole life. I actually, in junior high school, created the school magazine, and then in high school was the school editor, ended up going to a Cal Poly journalism program for a while. Um, I salute, you know, Montserrat Fontes, who was one of my high school journalism teachers. She's one of the most amazing writers, authors, everything in the world. Yeah, I've always had this love for media. My dad got me my first video camera in sixth grade. I was really, really lucky. He was super into technology and media, too. That's, like, pretty much where I got it from. And so um, I started recording. And I think looking back, like, at the core, I'm a writer and a storyteller. I like to be careful with the word journalist because I know what it is to be a real journalist. I'd say maybe Anderson Cooper or someone like that, right? Like a real journalist is someone who like fact checks and and they really go out and find the heart and grit of the story. They'll report on the full story. I like to report on culture and lifestyle and so it's a little more abstract where you don't really need fact checking because it's more about like how you show up to the world and how you take on life, you know? So I think it's more of story sharing than journalist, but um, I love it. And then as far as the events go, I don't know. There's something, it's not the event production itself. It's that I'm like in love with meaningful connection. And I feel that we miss that, especially in this digital culture where, you know, um, we, we are supposedly so connected, but yet we've never been further away. Like we're looking on our phones when there's someone right next to you where you would have said hello to before phones were a thing. There's like a truck going by. So I like to create experiences, eight to 15 people of um, tech professionals. Sometimes I do it for women in tech. Primarily I do it for Los Angeles tech professionals. And I take them skydiving, clay pigeon shooting, horseback riding. I've been doing that since 2015. Um, my company, We Are LA Tech, has existed since 2012, which is crazy. When I first launched it, I called it a concept because I was afraid to be an entrepreneur again. And it was called the concept for a very long time. I launched the We Are LA Tech podcast in 
I started working on it in 2013, and then it aired in September 2014, and then Women in Tech Podcast aired in 2015, started working on it before then, and um, it's been crazy now that podcasting is this huge thing. When I started, it wasn't this huge thing, but I had a gut feeling because I had one of the first YouTube channels, like first big YouTube channels. I was like, I think this is going to follow the same path as YouTube. And I, and I just, it, a lot goes into editing video because I, I owned a sports media company in my past. And so a lot goes into editing video and I didn't want to have that kind hi. <laughs> I want to say hi to the people. <laughs> um, I wanted to have, um, <laughs> you guys like that? See, saying hi to people, it's important. So um, uh, I had an action sports media company in the past. So I've produced like hundreds of videos, hundreds of, that I'm so proud of. Oh my God, I love the videos we produced. But I know what goes into creating great videos, like the color coding, the, the editing, the transitions. The, I mean, there's just so many variables. So I wanted something that I could do all on my own and do it well. And so I taught, I'm self-educated podcaster taught myself how to edit audio and um, now I have a beautiful team that that works with me but for a long time I edited the episodes on my own and I'm really glad I have that experience because I have an appreciation for what my team does and yeah so which is I'm kind of embarrassed right now because Adam's listening to me like to this recording to put it in the episode and so it's kind of embarrassing to like talk about him as (laughs) he's listening but you guys get the idea. Um, so that's about my company. I'm going through it. I feel a lot of positive momentum ahead. It hasn't been an easy journey. I think my biggest competition has been myself, um, my own self-limiting beliefs, my doubting myself or not learning how to manage my time as effectively as I could. I just think the only person or slash entity, whatever you want to call it, that I ever have to worry about is how I get in my own way. So I'm excited to let myself thrive this year. I think this is going to be my year. I'm pretty excited. I hope it's going to be your year too. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Bye. Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be here in Kazakhstan. Yes, everybody needs to explore beyond what we know and go to areas that you would never think to go to. And that is what Kazakhstan is for me. I I can't wait to celebrate our next Women in Tech. Someone who gave a dynamic pitch yesterday at the Seed Stars Summit. Hello. Okay, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why Seed Stars. So my name is Dasha and I'm CEO and founder of StudyFree. It's an online platform that helps talented people from any country to get any kind of international education with scholarship and grants to kind of help solve this like financial ability issue around the world. What inspired you to create the company? My own story, actually. I was one of our students like back then coming from like really small township back in Russia, no financial resources, ordinary family. Where in Russia? Star uh, Skull was like never heard. Like <laughs> Russian people don't know this place. Yes, it's it's too small. And then I managed to win scholarship and grants and study for free. I mean, Russia started, but then Spain, China, Singapore also worked there, and then like U.S. Uh, Stanford. And I realized that it's all possible. I can do this. I started mentoring students. I understood that my expertise can help like other people in like so many dimensions. And then decided to start this company to make like millions of students around the world. 
And why seed stars? Like, when did you first discover seed stars? First, tell us a little bit for everybody who doesn't know what seed stars is. So, seed stars is international organization backed by Swiss government, as far as I know, uh, that helps startups from emerging markets, from emerging countries, to grow. And they have like there's seed stars world startup competition. And I found out I had an intern who was working for my company, and then he applied to Seed Stars as intern, and he actually asked me for the recommendation referral. And he's like, you know, actually they're having like competition like in in Moscow, and tonight is deadline. Apply? Who knows? I was like, who knows? Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who knows? We got the first in in Russia, and right now we're here in Kazakhstan, regional final. Uh, why is it Stars? Because. Uh, I don't know like any other organization is going to be supporting startups in emerging markets. That's like a lot for the USA, like Silicon Valley Center for the UK based. But if you actually tackle like social problems in this like not that much developed countries, like helping African or like Indian Pakistan kids to get like college degree, that's usually not in the center of attention, especially in the venture world. So they're actually kind of like connecting people who would like to invest into impact and like startups, people from these countries to those who are actually trying to, to solve this from the countries with limited resources. And now this is the final. So how many times have you pitched so far to get here? Uh, It was twice in Russia, and then we have like twice here on on a stage. And what kind of mentorship did you have to even learn how to pitch? I'm a founder, and we just started fundraising campaigns. So like pitching, that's what I do every single day. Yesterday we had 15 meetings with mentors and investors. It's just like, if you wake me up in the middle of the night, that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to pitch. Plus, I have a sales background, like business development. So that always comes naturally. I don't really have to really overcome myself, train. It's just like, all oh, I love what I do. Really want to share with people. And it's, it's, it's not really much of work, to be honest, in my side. And one thing that I love about you is that you, with the most confidence and vigor, were like, I want to be on the podcast, and I wanted you to be on the podcast, but what I really admire about you is that English is your second language, and what breaks my heart is I meet these women around the world, and I would love to celebrate them, and they say, I can't be on the show because my English isn't good enough. Now, you, you happen to speak great English, but... I don't even care if you spoke half of the English that you did. I want to celebrate you. What can you say to those women listening who can completely be on the show but are just afraid because English is their second language? What would you tell them so that they could have more confidence like you do? I would say that real people inspire much more than actually perfect people. You would hear Amen. like men. <laughs> I would I would say like if I heard like a girl like speaking uh, like really half like English but English but actually overcoming all these like fears and difficulties and potential judgment by like some people and gonna inspire us like so many of us and actually push us towards because apart from English I was learning Chinese I lived in China and I had to speak sometimes from the stage was like known like almost zero Chinese like the same as Spanish and I've been in the shoes like multiple times I know how hard it is psychologically and these people is so important and especially for those like who just like halfway there I think it's amazing. I mean, I used to speak Italian fluently. I lived in Italy. And when I went back to the States, my roommate was Italian, but I didn't think my Italian was good enough. So I never spoke and now I forgot all of it. And I think that confidence is, and being okay with being exactly where we are and stepping up anyway. Like, I can't even believe that you had to present in Chinese on stage. That's insane to me. How do you define confidence? I think like in my case, how I prove it to myself, what is like the worst thing is going to happen? Okay, I'm going to be terrible, I forget what I say, 
some people I don't really care about might think like she's stupid or like she's I don't know like what she thinks about this yeah I've been but, afraid like, people will think I'm stupid yeah, yeah but this like downside like opinion of some people don't really care about but what is like potential upside you can do mm. so much you can open Completely. so many doors and most importantly by just like overcoming small pieces you gain so much confidence it's like the biggest investments you go so far like just like step ahead understand like it's not gonna break you it's just gonna make you stronger I think it feels at least it has for me like I said I don't speak any Italian and I now looking back I probably spoke intermediate Italian so it wasn't even beginner it was intermediate and I still felt like I wasn't good enough I think I felt that it would break me I felt that I'd look stupid and then this so I love what you're saying just go after it and just be okay with where you are and I just it's so cool I can't believe you've given speeches in Chinese like I just I can't (laughs) how do you even prepare for that Uh, I was actually had to do like simultaneous translation I was working for some agency in Russia the new I could speak Chinese but it was like intermediate something around this and then it was like five minutes before the event empowering people talking about infrastructures like you go and I was like, on oh, no, adrenaline rush, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. Like, but like somehow I did this. And after that moment was like actually kind of like crash course. I was like, I have to try. And Chinese was really difficult for me. Honestly, I lived in China for three years. I don't love Chinese language. I loved Spanish. It was like so much fun and journey, yeah. like journey. Energy. Energy, like yeah. passion. You love it. But like it was Chinese. And I was like, I need to get myself out of my comfort zone. Mm. I cannot stay there longer just watching movies in Chinese in my own room. I have to be there because otherwise I'm just betraying myself, my own right, potential. Right. But just like conserving, you know, like in the comfort. Betraying my own potential. Wow. <laughs> Say that again. Betraying my own potential. I've never heard that. And that's so, yeah, that. I think that's what you have to have in mind about failing anyways. About learning languages or about doing startups. It's all about potential failures. Just don't do this to yourself. Wow, betraying my own potential. That was like one of those moments for me, you know, where I'm like, wow, that was, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> and okay, so you are moving yourself forward and then you presented at Seed Stores today. So what is today about? Like, what do you hope for from today? What's the aspiration today, the final day of the event? So actually, I would say like for, for me as an entrepreneur, yesterday was like the most important day because you got to talk to mentors. And because it was investor day. Yeah. Investor day. And it's not just about the money investors, it's about amazing people. The quality and the expertise of the people that brought here is just amazing. Like whoever's going to be listening to this, I really advocate. I'm like the number one ambassador of this star so far. And, and today it's kind of like celebration. It's what we achieved. It, it's just sharing to the general public. And honestly... I wouldn't say it's like about the victory, potentially. I mean, it would be great. But what I feel like, if you speak from this stage and you like inspire with your own example, it's going to inspire so many people to start a company. So, because I understand how tough it is. Yeah. You don't have like like-minded people. And we're talking about like speaking languages, but like let's imagine quitting a job, mm-hmm. going to start a company, especially if you're a girl and you're like going to have like so many people telling like, it's not what you do. It's not what you should focus on. I mean, like what about the family? And you really need like more examples, more people, more energy of these people to really move this. And it's some like people going to be listening to the stage, going to get inspired, going to get some ideas, at least like join first, try, maybe fail, but at least try one step forward. That's going to be a big like win personally for me. Yeah. I think that we don't understand how global of a language startup life is and how we don't necessarily, at least for me, and it seems like you're this way too. We don't try to be an entrepreneur. It's in our blood. It's in our soul. Like, so even on the hardest days, we want to show up 
but on the hardest days, we wish we weren't alone in doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And so today is about inspiring. It's about potentially winning. One thing that really um, moved me is we saw the documentary today about Seed Stars and Cow Tribe, this startup also with a female co-founder in Africa, didn't win the competition. And what I thought was so interesting about that is they may not have won the competition, but they were the main startup featured in the like big profile video of Seed Stars. And so sometimes we don't think about there's many different variations of winning. We just may not know what winning looks like yet. And just because we think winning is maybe winning the competition, sometimes that's not the actual win. Yeah. That's actually like kind of like progression, transformation they made inside of this. Because we saw this documentary as well, and I saw how like tough it was for this like girl. She had like so much stress on performing, and I could feel it. I sometimes feel the same. Like I'm going on the stage, I feel like I made some mistake. I was like not on time, and I feel like, oh my God, I have like the whole team behind me, and I did something wrong, and like all the efforts, and there's so much pressure. And this actually like overcoming yourself, that's, I would say, like the big win. Sometimes not, just, not a check, it's just like what's going on inside of you, this transformation. Yeah, overcoming yourself. I mean, look, I think I've done just the Women in Tech podcast alone, like over 500 interviews, mm-hmm. maybe uh, like all together with all my podcasts. I've done probably in the thousands. I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. And at 4 p.m., I'm performing the podcast live and I'm nervous. So even with... All of that experience and no matter how many times I've done it and no matter how many stage I've spoken on, I'm totally nervous and I'm like, oh my God, what if I do something wrong? What if I look stupid? (laughs) I know, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice that you've gotten to help move yourself forward? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences. So we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. What is the best piece of advice that you've gotten to help moving yourself forward? You can do this. Just simple phrase. I think like at the beginning when I was actually, I was working in investment bank in Singapore and I got an offer to like come back after my grad school. And then there was some uh, coach in my school and I had the question, like I have this idea, I started mentoring students. I really want to try. But then you have like offers from top notch investment banks and people would say like, it's kind of stupid to quit. What should I do? And he just said, I'm looking at you. You can do this. And I think it's simple or maybe boring may sound. Sometimes you just need a person, not like your mom, not like boyfriend or like friends, just from the side say like, it's okay, you can do this. So this just simple phrase, it's so much more powerful sometimes. And whenever I have like a chance to tell these people, I'm, I'm really, because you really need kind of like, for this like small push, it's okay, you can do this. And Seed Stars preps you to do a one minute pitch. Is that right? Not in this actual, the change. No? It was supposed to be one minute pitch today's wall, but the change to the three minutes pitch. Oh, you have three minutes. Amazing. Yeah, so. so maybe not in three minutes, but can you tell us the foundation of your company? How many people do you have on your team? Who is the target customer? How profitable is it right now? Yeah. Just a little bit of history so everybody listening can have an appreciation for what you do. So sure. Uh, so as I mentioned, it's an online platform to get successful guests into universities abroad with scholarship and grants. So any user can find relative study program with matched scholarship 
scholarship and grants in 34 different countries. We have more than 9 billion of US dollars of scholarship and grants in our platform. Then you can automatically prepare all admission package, all the documents. Like if you want to start in Stanford with this full scholarship, we're going to explain step by step what should you do on each step, like on each requirement. We also integrated a whole marketplace of uh, global additional partners. Like when you take SAT, you can have like online courses right there. You need to write an essay. You have, I don't know, like Grammarly or you have like copywriters going to help you. It's like one-stop shop solution. We also did AI-based current system that's going to evaluate your background and tell you, okay, you're going to get to Stanford with 60% probability and probability on getting scholarship is 10%, but there is a cool German school or like, I don't know, like French school, a right. Canadian, and they have like 88% of chances. So it wouldn't really waste your time. So we launched platform in April. We didn't raise any funds. We managed to make money almost from the day one. Launched platform in April. Since then, we acquired 17,000 users, active users from Russian-speaking countries, Latin America, Africa, and Asia. So pretty much all emerging markets. We charge money for the access to the platform and also additional services and all these partners that we integrate. Right now, I have 17 people on my team, but only four people are full-time. The rest, like students working part-time, they study abroad themselves, they're really into the process, they love what we're doing, super engaged, and they work remotely. And we're 90% female. So I'm not just like a female solo founder, like women tech, we're like 90% female team. I wish I could find female tech person, actually coder on my team, that would be like the, the top of my happiness, just because I really love what we're doing and I love working. Whoever said that tech space not for the girls, no, we rock it. Yeah, so we are operationally profitable already. Uh, we made like 42,000 US dollars last month. And yeah, like always like zero investments. And the whole team is remote. So like they live internationally, they travel whenever we want. We just like do everything online. So it gives flexibility inside the team as well. Pitch us for the job you're looking for. I'm sure someone's listening out there yeah. in the internet, in the world, and they would love to work for you. Can you tell us what you're looking for and where to apply? Yeah, sure. So we're always looking for like salespeople, especially like in different. But you said an engineer and, too. Yeah, like well, I started like with sales because sales is first. I'm a salesperson, so like oh, got it. first comes <laughs> money. Yeah, but like tech person, like for sure we do. We plan to do an app. We don't have it, so like salesperson. We're also actively looking for like product manager. We're gonna actually like nail down an analyst in this part. And whenever it's like listening and we. Thinking, like, dreaming about starting university, like, go to the platform and find a scholarship that's first. Oh, you want to mentor us, help us? We're looking for advisors, mentors. Any help, any participation is always appreciated because we grow in any direction. And it's studyfree.org. Yes. So it's S-T-U-D-Y-F-R-E-E. Yeah. Stu- studyfree.org. And is there a job links on the website? Um, not, but I'm going to edit right after the, uh, this conversation <laughs> for any case. Well, what can, where, you don't even have to do that. Where can people reach out? So we have like large community on the Instagram. That's usually where like all the people coming from. We have people writing us kind of like, we want to work for you. We're going to go there. So yeah, like I would say like Instagram, like Facebook. And pages. it's just S-T-U-D-Y-F-R-E-E on Instagram? Yeah. Exactly. Okay, perfect. And what is your favorite tech tool, hardware, software app? Calendly? Yeah, Calendly is a good one, the scheduling tool. I guess maybe because I'm I'm busy dev and all about yeah. the meetings and actually integrated this one into my sales funnel. So yeah. all my salespeople do have Calendly. We have like sales calendar. Yeah. Never like person wants to have a consultation, wants to have a call, just book like 15 minutes call with the manager yeah. whenever it's comfortable for the client. And they just do and save so much time and like really good inside the team and for me personally. What's one tip you have about closing deals and establishing a great sales flow? 
I think it's listen. You should listen more than you talk, especially at the beginning. What people do, they just keep talking about the product, about like whatever. So whenever it's it is about the B2B, like partnership business development, like B2C, talking to the clients, listen. What is the problem? Do they have it? Maybe there is a problem you don't solve. So you have to listen and ask questions. There is a great book called, uh, I think it's called like Ask Mom or something. Ask, Ask Mom? Mom? Yeah. It's kind of like amazing, really short book. I've never uh, even heard of it before. Yeah. It's kind of like amazing book. It tells you how to ask questions, write questions. So even like your mom who cares the most about you, going to tell you the truth. So like the basically background story that like if you're going to tell your mom, hey, have a great idea, have a startup, your mom is going to care about you so much, going, yeah, for sure, it's great, you're going to do great. But apparently she's thinking like, oh my God, you're crazy, you're going to bankrupt, you're going to live <laughs> on the street. It's about how to ask right questions so people, even though like they don't want to reveal, don't want to hurt you, they're actually going to tell you what they actually think. And actually it helps so much with the customer development, identifying problems, and then like selling. I'm making like every person in my team, every new member, read this book and like write down those oh questions. God, I want to read this book, Ask Mom. And we'll include it in the show notes too. Our teammate yeah. Carl will, will check it out and include the link there. What's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Oh my God. Uh, find a tech guy. Majority of startups are founded by like tech founders. Mm. When you can code, when you can understand what is going on, but I'm a pure salesperson. I've never done this before. And as a sole founder, how can you find like someone who can code? How can you check them? How can you trust them? How can you do this? So actually at the beginning, well, we're like starting like to actually find a person when you have like zero expertise right. on, on like who you're actually hiring. That was actually a tough moment. We've been like looking for like four months, something like this. It ended up coming from a friend of friends who kind of like really, and it ended up also being more about the person, kind of mm-hmm. like I felt I can trust still. It's still a problem. If someone leaves and we need to hire, it should be someone like on the team permanently to check it. But I guess broadening up a bit, it's, it's about like doing something you have like zero expertise on and actually like hiring people like, like doing so. Yeah. And you're the solo founder of Study Free. And what's so interesting to me is that you've talked a lot about sales and you've talked about biz dev and you've really owned what you're a master at, but you're very much a woman in tech, but you have fiercely and with so much confidence not let your sales and biz dev hold you back from embodying I am a woman in tech. What I love about that is, again, we were talking about earlier about the language thing, right? And people are like, oh, I'm not good enough because English is my first language. Another one I get is, oh, I'm not really in tech because I am the co-founder, but I'm in marketing. And I'm like, yeah, but you built the company, you know? You don't have to know how to engineer to be a woman in tech. And so how do you define being a woman in tech? And thank you so much for being an example that you don't have to know how to code to very much be a founder of a tech company. I mean, whatever you're doing, whatever is related with the tech, you are a woman in tech. As you just said, like, you don't have to code. I mean, uh, it never stopped me from designing products and I was a product manager myself. Never stopped me back from actually learning how to do analytics, how to do, like, user experience. It's actually, it's your mind. It's that, that just you. There's nothing you can learn. Like, all people start from zero. What I like saying, there is no one more successful than we are. There's just some people who started earlier. You're so much motivated. You can do like so much. Whenever skills you don't have, you either can gain it or you can hire people for this. That's all you need. And if you have like this idea and it's something like related, you're already woman in tech. And I think it's really like a great honor like to, to be there and to inspire like, um, other people. 
I love it. This has been such a great interview. I just think that so many times in this conversation, a lot of the fears I hear about from, you know, potential guests, you've addressed them like boldly. And I hope that everybody listening understands just how enough they are to show up, to be confident, to go after their dreams, to connect, to get featured, to get that beer. Like, we're enough. We're enough, yeah. We're enough. And you guys can do this. Completely. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. You've been incredible. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight to the Facebook group. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will talk to you guys. See you guys all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Dasha Kroshkina, CEO and founder of StudyFree, online platform that helps talented students to get into universities abroad with scholarship and grants. You're based in Moscow, Russia, and you're listening to the Women Tech Podcast. I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? And what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table. And he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about time sharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. No, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season four is airing now. 
Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.